Welcome to Finding Holiness, where we delve into timeless Torah wisdom, revealing the sacred in everyday moments. Join us on a journey to elevate your spirituality and discover holiness in every aspect of life. I'm your host, Rabbi David Kadosh, and together, let's embark on a path of spiritual exploration. I hope you enjoy this next episode. It's good to, uh, to see you here for a uh, Thursday night Parashat Shavua class. Welcome everybody that is joining us online or later on in the future listening to us <clears throat> on the podcast, Finding Holiness. Um, <clears throat> we have a fantastic shiur tonight for you. I promise you that uh, we're going to answer a lot of questions that you probably uh, had in your life. Um, a lot of questions that I had in my life <clears throat> are going to be answered today. Bezrat Hashem. We want to thank our generous uh, sponsors of the shiur, Mr. and Mrs. Alan Azulai, in memory of uh, our dear friend, Mr. Jack Buzaglo, who's Nachala is next week. And as well, um, <clears throat> dear friend, Mr. and Mrs. Leon Malech, in memory of his father, Mr. Moshe Malech, Zichonoi Bracha. May the words uh, of Torah that we say this, uh, this evening be nishmatam, nafsham hayim, amen. This week we are studying parashat. Va'era, the second parasha of Sefer Shemot, and also the first parasha of the Eser Makot. It is here that HaKadosh Baruch Hu again tells Moshe Rabenu about the upcoming Geula from Eretz Mitzrayim. This Geula that was going to take place from Mitzrayim is a prelude to the final Geula of what's going to be at the end of days. The former Geula that of Mitzrayim was not a complete Geula. <clears throat> but what's going to be at the end of time, of course, in every aspect is complete. The Torah tells us that Hashem makes a separation, will bring a redemption between <clears throat> my people and your people. The word of the Pasuk says, V'samti fedut ben ami u ben amecha. I will bring about a redemption between my people and your people. And tomorrow this sign will come about. Of course, in a very literal sense, this means that, <clears throat> that there's going to be signs in Makot, the ways you're going to see how HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to redeem us versus leaving the Egyptians behind. We're going to focus on this Pasuk. He says, if you pay attention to the Pasuk, the word fedut, v'samti fedut, redemption, is without a vav. It's chaser. It's written pei dalid taf, instead of pei dalid vav taf. And that tells us, Rabbeinu Bechaye, that the geulav mitzrayim is not final. It's not complete. There's going to be future galiot, future subjugations, and servitude which will follow. That's going to require more geulot, more redemptions. The future geulah is going to be the final salvation. And that is hinted to in a pasuk in Tehilim that we recite our custom Spanish-Moroccan Jewry to recite this every Arvit, where we say, Pedut shalach le'amo siva le'olam berito kadosh ve'nor That word pedut in Tehilim, kufyud aleph, 111, is spelled full, pe dalid vavtaf. Because that represents the final geula, and that is complete, everlasting. 
says the Shela Kadosh that the conclusion of the Pasuk in Parashat Va'era, Besamti Pedu tomorrow the Ot Hazeh will come out. The Ot means the letter. The Vav that is missing in that Pasuk, in this week's Parashat, Besamti Pedu that tomorrow there is going to be in the future where the final Geula, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to restore that Ot, that missing Vav. Although now it's missing, although now the Geula of Mitzrayim is not complete, but in the future, Hashem will have redeemed us from Galut once and for all. What we want to explain is the significance of this letter Vav that is absent from the word Pedut. Why is it that it caused the Geula from Mitzrayim to be incomplete? And how, by restoring the Vav into the word Pedut full, how is that going to facilitate the complete Geula? Pedut Shalach Le'amo. That's what we're going to answer tonight. And we're going to connect it with a lot of other things. The Hatam Sofer brings down the conversation that Moshe Rabbeinu and Hashem had in last week's parasha that we spent the whole shiur talking about last week. I encourage all of our listeners to go listen to it. It was a, it was a great class. The Torah tells us, I'm going to come to the Jewish people and I'm going to say to them, that your forefathers have sent me to you. They're going to tell me, what is his name? What should I tell these people? That was a name that Hashem told Moshe to relate to Bnei Israel. Israel. So you shall say to me, Israel, So we gave an answer last week about what this means. Again, I encourage everyone to go listen to it. But the Khatam Sofer says what's really going on. And he says that Moshe Rabbeinu is asking God through a Kalba Homer, if my own people don't listen to me, if they're not going to listen to me, how can I expect Parol to listen to me? Not only that, I have a speech impediment. How is Parol going to listen to me when I have a speech impediment related with my lips? Now, Achachamim tell us that the Hebrew alphabet has various letters that come from different parts of the mouth. There are letters that come from the lips. There are letters that come from the teeth that require the teeth. There are those that come from the tongue, the throat, so on and so forth. It seems that Moshe Rabbeinu's impediment, from the fact that he said, Va'ani aral sefataim, his impediment was from the lips. Sefataim in Hebrew means lips. There are certain letters that you require the lips to pronounce. Bet, Vav, Mem, and Pe. Right? You require the lips. Without the lips, you can't say Pe. You can't say Vav. You can't say Bet. You can't say Mem. So, Moshe Rabenu was unable to articulate the letter Vav. He was Arar Sefatai. So Moshe Rabenu's conversation with God is as follows, according to Hatam Sofer. I'm going to come to Bnei Israel, and I'm going to say to them that the God of your forefathers sent me. What's his name? They're going to ask me what's his name. What do I say? Moshe wanted to know what is the holy name, the sacred name, that he should use when delivering the message, because he was unable 
to say Hashem's real name of Yud K Vav K, the name Havaya, because it contains Havav. So Hashem said, don't use the name Yud K Vav K, don't use my real name, but rather tell the people that you were sent by Ehyeh. Ehyeh does not contain any letters that are articulated with the lips, it has no Vav, and therefore that's what you tell them. That's how that's what the Hatam Sofer says is the conversation here. So Rapin Chas Friedman has a wonderful Hidush. He says that Moshe Rabin really wanted to say the name of Yudke Vavke. He, he, in fact, he lamented to Akshem that he couldn't do it because he had a speech impediment. He was unable to do it. He can't pronounce the letter Vav. The Navi Ishayahu. Uh, a pasuk that we quote in one of the Aftaros says, Yisrael nosha badonai teshuat olamin. That, Yeshu, that Bnei Yisrael is saved through Hashem, through Yudke Vavke, the name of Ayah, an eternal salvation. The, the Yalkut Shimoni, the Midrash says, Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Ba'olam hazeh hayitem noshaim al yedeh bnei adam. In this world, who are your saviors? Human beings. Be'mitzrayim ha'yedeh Moshe ve'aron. Egypt, it was Moshe ve'aron. When it was Sisra, Barak, also human beings. Bamidyanim, Shoftim, it was all the judges who saved you from the Midyanim. Because they were human beings, you went back into Galut. Every time, because the Savior, the salvation was human beings. Hashem says in the future, it's going to be me and only me. And that's it. Once I save you, there's going to be no more galut. That's what he quotes the Pasuk in Yishayahu. So when you read this Midrash, it's a little bit difficult to understand. Because Moshe and Aaron didn't go on their own to go save Am Yisrael. They were sent by Hashem. So Hashem is, they're agents of God. So Hashem is really the one that is doing this. So why was the Geulah not eternal if indeed Hashem was the one who sent them? So maybe this, we have to say that in order for Geulah to be everlasting, it has to emanate from the name of Yud K Vav K. It has to emanate from the name of Havaya. Hashem and his supervision are constant and eternal, and the feats that come with that name are also eternal. So all the Geulot are facilitated by human beings who were unable to say the name Yudke Vavke, because none of us are allowed to say this name in its real, in its real pronounced form. We say, we pronounce it, Alev Dalet Nun Yud, because we're not allowed to pronounce the name Yudke Vavke the way it's supposed to be. It's too sacred. But La'atid Lavo, in the future, when the Geulah is going to be managed by Hashem itself, that name is going to be revealed to its full glory, and the Geulah is going to be eternal. And that's why the Midrash quotes his pasuk, Yisrael no Shabbat that Yisrael will be saved by Hashem Teshu'at Olamim. Ki ayin be'ayin yiru beshuv Hashem Tzion. With their own eyes, they're going to see, the pasuk ends, they're going to see the Yud Kevav Kev return. Because by then, the Geulah is going to be eternal. So, this actually explains why Moshe Rabenu yearned to mention this name Yud Kevav when dealing with the Geulah of Mitzrayim, he, he then had to complain to Hashem and said, I'm going to come to the Jewish people. They're going to ask me what their name is. What do I say? Moshe anticipated that B'nai Israel wanted to hear that name. They wanted to hear the sacred name of Yudke Vavke to redeem them. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, but what can I tell them? Because I can't pronounce that name. 
I have a speech impediment. I can't pronounce a letter Vav Avavaya. This Geula is not going to be everlasting. They're going to be subject to future Galuyot. What do I tell them? So what does Hashem say? This is what you tell them. Eye Asher Eye. You shall tell B'nai Israel, Eye sent you. Moshe was instructed only to say the name Eye, which he was able to pronounce correctly. And that's how Hashem basically told Moshe, yes, you are going to be redeemed from Egypt, but the time of the final Geulah didn't come yet. Which is kind of why, again, in addition to all the things we said last week, it mentions Eye Asher Eye. When afterwards he tells Moshe, Eye Shelachanichem, just once. So Rashi addresses this. Rashi says, What does it mean, Eye Asher Eye? I shall be that which I shall be. So Rashi says, I shall be with Ben Eisel in this trouble, like I'm going to be with them in future troubles. And Moshe told Hashem, Olam, what, I'm going to mention another trouble to them. They're, they're here in Mitzrayim. I'm not going to tell them that yeah, in a few hundred years it's going to happen again. So Hashem said, You're right. Eye Shelachanichem. One. One Eye. Eyeh sent me to you. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu revealed to Moshe the reason why he didn't cure him of his speech impediment. He didn't allow Moshe Rabbeinu to pronounce the name of Yud Vavke, the name of Havaya, because if he did, he would be, it would be a final Geula. And he prevent, so therefore, by preventing him from saying the name properly, you're also preventing the final Geula. And the reason is, Eyeh because I'm going to be them in this galut as I'm going to be with, it, with them in subsequent galuyot. There's going to be more galuyot that will follow. So it's inappropriate to say the name now. It has to be cloaked in the name Eye. So therefore, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu said in relation to the Geula in this week's perasha, V'samti fedut, ben amiu ben amecha, the word pedut is written without a vav. And it alludes to the fact that the Geula Mitzrayim was not complete Geula. Moshe Rabbeinu had a speech impediment. He couldn't pronounce the letter Vav. And the reason was because the final Geulah, which is going to be the complete Geulah, is not at, not at this time. It's only going to come in, in the future. But, HaKadosh Baruch Hu ends that set, statement with a promise. Lemachar But tomorrow this letter will come about. In other words, the letter Vav is going to be operative in the future. So although the Geulah Mitzrayim is not complete because the letter Vav is not operative, you can't say the name Yudke Vavke, but the name Havaya is not used. Mahar, when the time is right for the Geulah, the letter Vav is going to be operative. It's gonna, you're going to have that letter. You're going to be able to pronounce it. Why? Because Yisrael no Hashem. Yisrael is saved with the name of Yudke, Yudke Vavke. So we said the letter Vav of the name of Yudke Vavke is going to be operative in, uh, in the future. <clears throat> the Zohar tells us that Moshe Rabenu, who was the first redeemer, who was very instrumental in Yetziat Mitzrayim, of course, he's also going to be Melech HaMashiach Le'atid Labo. Let's see what this means. The Pasuk in Kohelet actually hints to this. Kohelet writes, Masha Haya Whatever has been is what will be. So the first letters of Ma Shehaya Hu, Mem Shin Hei, spell out Moshe. Mem Shin Hei, spell out Moshe. So Ma Shehaya Hu, what was Moshe, 
Moshe Rabbeinu was the first redeemer, who say, yeah, he's going to be also the future redeemer. We've said in previous classes, as also hinted in Pasuk in, in the end, in Parashat Bahi, in, in Sefer Bereshit, we just read a couple weeks ago. Lo Yasur, Zizor says, Lo Yasur Shevet Miuda Da Mashiach Ben David. When the Pasuk says, the staff shall not depart Yehuda, it's the staff of the king of the throne, that's Mashiach Ben David. Um mi Ben Raglav, nor lawgiver between his feet, that's Mashiach Ben Yosef. Ad ki avos Shiloh, until Shiloh arrives, Shiloh is Moshe Rabenu, because the Gematria of Shiloh is Moshe, 345. And so the Orachayim says that Mashiach's Neshama is going to contain elements from both David HaMelech and Moshe Rabenu. So now there's two opinions as to what's going to happen. Opinion number one, which we already learned in the Shilah Kadosh, that Le'atid Labo, in the time of the future Geula, Moshe is no longer going to have a speech impediment. He's going to be able to pronounce the letter Vav, and therefore he can pronounce the name of Hashem's name, Yud Kei Vav Kei, and that's going to accomplish the final Geula. That's according to what we said already. The Zohar disagrees with that. The Zohar says, no, that the Neshama of Moshe Rabenu uh, that is going to come back in time of Mashiach, just like it had a speech impediment, just like he had a speech impediment at the time of Misraim, so too when he comes back, okay, he's going to also have a speech impediment when he's resurrected. And the proof is because we need Pinchas to be, Pinchas uh, Eliyahu, to reveal what's going, that Mashiach is coming. Where does Pinchas come from? Aaron Cohen. Pinchas is the grandson of Aaron Cohen. What was Aaron's job when Moshe was around? He was the person who, uh, he, was, he relayed the information. He was a spokesperson because Moshe couldn't do it himself. So I don't have to be that guy. So Zohar says, same thing's going to happen. Moshe is going to come back. He's going to have the speech impediment. So you're going to need Eliyahu and Avi to come and basically relate the information to everybody that this is what's, what's going on. Now, that's very nice. So we have two opinions whether Moshe is going to have the speech impediment or he's not going to have a speech impediment. If we're following the Zohar that he's not going to have a speech impediment, then... How do we make sense? Tomorrow this letter is going to come about. How is this going to complete the everlasting Geula? We need the name of Yud Kei Vav Kei, right? That, that final Geula. But if Moshe Rabbeinu is unable to pronounce it, what do we do? So the answer to this is based on the Arizal, another idea that we've shared before in past classes. The Arizal quotes arguably one of the most famous psukim in Tanakh, Definitely in the top five or ten. That Hashem will be king over all the world, and on that day, Hashem, Yud Vavke, will be one, and his name will be one. The Arizal says that in the future, the letters Vavhe of Yud Vavke will be elevated to Yud He. In the future, it's not going to be Yud Kei Vav Kei. It's going to be Yud A, Yud, and Hey. Those are the two letters. That on that day, Bayomahu, Yiyeh Hashem. Yiyeh Hashem. What Yud Kei Vav Kei is, is going to be Yiyeh on that day in the future. It's also hinted in Pasuk in Tetzaveh. Ravua Yiyeh Kaful. 
Ravua is the, the, uh, the tetragrammaton, the four-letter name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Yud, K, Vav, and He. But it's going to be Yihye Kaful, a double of Yud, K, and Yud, K. Those are the two letters that, are, that, that double itself. The name Hashem is going to be transformed into a Yud, He, and a Yud, He. We also hint to this in, in Keter, by the way, in Musaf of, uh, of, of Shabbat. We have a long Keter, Keter Yitin Lecha, and towards the end we say, Hen ga'alti etchem acharit kereshit. What's acharit kereshit? That when is Bnei Israel going to be privileged to experience the complete geula? Acharit kereshit. When the final letters of the name will be the same as the first letters of the name. Just like the first letters of the name is yud Hey, so when the final letters of the name is yud Hey, the elevated name, that's when we're going to read the final geula. So now we can understand how Moshe Rabbeinu, the first redeemer, is going to qualify to be redeemer of the future Geula, even though he cannot pronounce the letter Vav. Because it's not necessary anymore to pronounce the letter Vav, because he is going to usher in the Geula through the name of Yihyeh, yud Yudhei, which is the name of Hashem being elevated to that, to that letter. And with that we have a different explanation of God's final blessing. We said that the pedut is missing the vav, which is an indication that the geulav mitzrayim is going to be incomplete because Moshe Rabbeinu is unable to pronounce the vav. But rest assured, in the future, in the future, Moshe is only going to need to pronounce Yeh. That's going to be the Otaze. That's going to be the sign for you that he's going to bring the Geulah back. And we also see this in the allusion we brought before from the Pasuk in Kohelet. Ma Shehaya Hu. We said the three letters spell Moshe. Ma Shehaya Hu. Sheyye. The first letter spell Moshe. Sheyye. When the name, Moshe is going to be that man to take us out when the name will turn into Yeh. The time of the future Geulah. He's going to herald in the complete, everlasting Geula. If I stop the shiur now, you say to yourself, Ah, Hazak, this was great, but it gets better. It gets better. Great stuff here tonight. Why Vav? Why the letter Vav? Why is that the missing, the missing letter? Because everything we've been saying right now is based on this letter Vav that is missing from the word Pedut. And whether you hold like the Shelah Kadosh that Moshe couldn't speak it and then he's going to speak it later on or it's, it's, it's the Yudke Vavke is going to change to Yudke Yudke. Why the Vav? Why did Hashem orchestrate matters in such a way that Moshe Rabbeinu could not articulate the letter Vav in the name of Yudke Vavke? So the answer to this question is brought down by a teaching by the Megaleh Amukot, another teaching that we learned in this class once upon a time. He says that the letter Aleph, the capital letter Aleph, is formed by three letters, a Yud, a Vav, and a Yud. So if you're listening right now, you're going to close your eyes and you're going to imagine the letter Aleph spelled out in front of you. You have a Yud on top, you have a Vav that runs across, and then you have another Yud at the bottom. Those are the three letters, Yud, Vav, and Yud. 
And those letters equal 26. Yud plus Vav is 16, plus another Yud is 10, which is 26, which is the gematria, of course, of the name of Habaya. So he says, that the Vav in the middle, which is slanted, only became slanted after the sin of Adam Harishon. That's when it became slanted. At the time of creation, when Hashem created the world, uh, prior to Adam Arishon's sin, the shape of the Aleph was different than the shape that we have now. It was all straight. I don't know how it would look. I don't know. I didn't see it. But it's a straight yud. We know yuds are straight. Yuds are straight. The Vav was also straight. Okay? So I guess it just connected kind of. But the middle Vav was not slanted. It was, it was Yashar. And he actually substantiates this idea from the Pasuk in Parashat Bereshit. The Pasuk says, Vayitzer Adonai Elohim et Adam, and Hashem Elohim formed man. The word Vayitzer, and he formed, is written with two yuds. Look in the Sefer Torah, it's written with two yuds. Vayitzer, Vav Yud Yud Tsar. Tzer. That Akados Baruch Hu drew three letters. Letzayer means to draw. That Hashem drew three letters, the Vav, the Yud, and the Yud, which is the name of Hashem, on man's face when creating man. Where is the Vav and the two Yuds? The two Yuds are the eyes, and the Vav is the nose. And the nose in between represents like the two, the two. You have the Aleph, the Yud, and the Yud, and the nose in it. So you have the nose in between the two eyes. And he says the reason why the nose is shaped like a Vav is to remind us that prior to the chet of Adam Arishon, the vav of the aleph was upright, and therefore we look at the nose, okay, which is slanted, okay, but yet also straight at the same time. Because when I look at a nose straight ahead, I see a straight line. But when I look at it from the side, I see it slanted, to remind us of the chet of Adam Arishon, and that our job is to fix that, that's to be metaken that sin. And that's the remez of the pasuk that we say, Every day in Pesuket Dezimunah from Tehilim, Yatom ve'almana ya'oded. He encourages the orphan and the widow. Yatom ve'almana ya'oded. First three letters, Yud, Vav, and Yud. Everything is upright. But ve'derech resha'im ya'avet. But what do the wicked do? The way of the wicked contorts it. It slants it. Ya'avet. It takes what is straight and makes it contorted, becomes slanted, like the shape of the Aleph that we're familiar with. So now, why is it that as a consequence for Adam Rishon's sin, that the Vav became slanted? It's a very nice idea. Why not the Peh? Why not the Mem or the Nun? Now here, Nun, prayer, Nun, nice long letter. Go slant the Nun. Why the Vav? So the Arizal says there are four capital punishments that are delivered by Hashem, God forbid. And each of these capital punishments correspond to another letter of the name Havaya, Yud, He, Vav, and He. Stoning corresponds to the letter Yud. Burning corresponds to the letter He, the first He. Death by sword, that's Hereg, corresponds to the Vav. And strangling Henek is the last hay. The Zohar says, famously, 
that Adam Arishon was guilty of murder. He was guilty of murder because his sin brought death to the world. If he didn't sin, we'd all be alive. There would be no death. That was the command. Don't eat from that tree. Because when you do, you're going to die. When a person is guilty of murder, what is his punishment? It is a death penalty. Is he stoned? No, he's not stoned. Is he burned? He's not burned. Is he hanged? He's not hanged. What's his punishment? Hedeg. Hedeg is death by sword. That's his, but that's the capital punishment given to a person who is guilty of murder. We said that death by sword corresponds to the letter Vav, which is also shaped like a sword. And therefore, that the reason why the Vav specifically was contorted and slanted was because that's the consequence of the Chet Etzadat, because he brought death to the world. Adam is guilty of murder. Adam, Adam himself was the one that damaged the letter Vav by bringing death to the world, and he deserved to be put death by, uh, by the sword. And that's why the Vav. All the Neshamot that were alive at the time of Mitzrayim, I'm going to end with this thought. All the Neshamot that were around at the time of Mitzrayim were originally part of Adam Arishon's Neshama. And, and they were splurted out the moment he made the sin. And they had to reincarnate many times afterwards. <clears throat> we spoke about them coming back in the time of the Mabul. We spoke about them coming back in the time of the Dora Pelaga, the generation of dispersion. We spoke about them coming back in the, in the generation of Sedom, Amora, And they needed to come back to achieve a tikkun. And ultimately, these souls came back into the bodies of Israel, the Neshamot of Israel, who were in Galut Mitzrayim. And by means of the backbreaking, difficult, hard labor that they were experiencing in Egypt, they became worthy of receiving the Torah, because that's what cleansed them. So the Arizal, based on this, explains why Hashem chose Moshe Rabbeinu to be his emissary, to take B'nai Israel Mitzrayim. Because Moshe Rabbeinu came from the good portion of Adam's neshama, from the part of his soul that was not involved with the sin. Just like Adam Arishon contained all the neshamot of Israel in his own neshama, so too Moshe Rabbeinu was equivalent to the entirety of Israel. The Midrash says, Moshe shakul keneged kol Israel. Moshe was equivalent to all the Jewish people. So now that the Jewish people were refined and uh, achieved their tikkun in Mitzrayim for the chet etzadat, they were taken out of Egypt by who? By Moshe Rabbeinu who was the good portion of Adam Arishon, and he delivered the Torah to the Monar Sinai. So now we can begin to appreciate some of the profound ways of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who is clearly orchestrating everything from Shamayim. He arranged for Moshe Rabbeinu to be his messenger to Ibn Ben Yisrael from Mitzrayim. But not only that, he made it that he had a speech impediment. Now, the Midrash tells us how he got the speech impediment. The Midrash tells us that there was uh, uh, royalty found in Moshe Rabbeinu, and Paro was worried that he was gonna, that Moshe Rabbeinu was going to take the throne. Maybe this is the Savior. 
Paro says, let's see where he comes from, see where he's going to go. And of course, Amidras says, we grew up learning in school, that he put a crown, and he put some coals. And he said, let him walk, see which one he goes to. And Amidras says that Moshe Rabbeinu was walking towards the crown until the Malach Gabriel came and gave him a, a palisa, and he would go over there, and he went to the coals. And Moshe Rabbeinu took the coals, and he put it in his mouth. And that's how he... He had the speech impediment, which was not a lisp. It wasn't a lisp. All right? It was the vav. We said it was the vav. Most people grow up, they go, oh, you had a lisp. You had a lisp. You just couldn't pronounce certain letters that came from the lips. Uh, that's what it was. Um, I, I mentioned the other day, uh, here in, in the, between Minha and Arvit, it's an idea I heard from Rabbi Baruch Rosenblum. And he said, uh, he asked a good question. He said, what, what do you mean? How do you make sense of this Midrash? Moshe Rabbeinu goes up to coals and he puts it in his mouth. He goes, have you ever touched a coal? <laughs> have you ever touched a coal? You know how hot a coal is? Put your hand three centimeters above a coal. You're, you're going to see what, what your hand is going to do. Moshe Rabbeinu is taking it and putting it in his mouth. How can that happen? I never thought of that. I don't know, a brilliant question. So he says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu performed a miracle, that his hand did not get burned, but he had to put the coal in his mouth he had, he had to kosher his mouth. He had to kosher his mouth because Moshe Rabbeinu nursed, although he didn't actually nurse, but he nursed from non-Jewish women. They tried. He, he wouldn't nurse, so he had to bring, uh, Miriam went to go fetch Yocheved, his mom, but he tried. And because of that, his mouth needed kashrut, libun. One of the ways we kosher something is libun. We blowtorch it. So it needed a coal, to literally burn out his mouth from any tumah. This is the mouth that's going to talk to Hashem. So they needed to kosher out his mouth. And that's why Hashem made it, that he was able to put the, the, the coal in his mouth and not, not feel the burning sensation, obviously, but at the same time, it was really burning, burning his mouth. So this is what Hashem is doing. He's causing Moshe Rabbeinu, he brings a speech impediment to Moshe, who is unable to articulate the letter Vav of the name Yudke Vavke. Hashem wanted to hint to him and to Bnei Israel, that they didn't complete 100% that tikkun of the chet of the etzadat and the damage that was caused to that letter vav. The letter vav that became slanted because of Adam HaRishon's sin. That vav still needs to be fixed. So they're not yet worthy of a complete final geulah. And this is evident from the fact that the, the death decree that Hashem decreed on creation was not yet repealed. And every Jew needs to realize every day that he's so obligated to make amends for his involvement in the Chet Adat. So Moshe Rabbeinu, in his response, he says, but I want, I want to bring the Geulah. He yearned to bring the final redemption. I don't want there to be final uh, other galiyot. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in this. I'm not interested. The people are not interested in this. So he tells Hashem, Hashem, I'm going to go to the Jewish people. I'm going to say to them, Eloheim, the God of your forefathers came to me, and they're asking, "What's his name?" What am I going to tell them? I have a speech impediment. Arar sefatai. I can't talk properly. I can't pronounce the vav. I'm unable to bring the complete geulah. I can't do it. So Hashem said, "Yeah, said yeah." I will be that which I will be. Don't mention the name Yud Ke Vav Ke to them, which contains the letter Vav. Instead, mention the name Aleph He Yud He, the name Eye, which doesn't contain any letters that are articulated in the lips.
because they have not yet completed the tikkun for the letter Vav. That's why I can't tell you the name Yudke Vavke, because the Vav is still slanted. But rest be assured, Moshe Rabbeinu, you tell the Jewish people, at the time of the future Geula, I promise you, lemachar I promise you that the tikkun of the Vav is going to be complete. How do I know it's going to be complete? Because my name is no longer going to be Yud Ke Vav He. It's going to be Yud He, Yud He. The Vav will be elevated to the letter Yud. And that's when Moshe Rabbeinu will be able to pronounce that name and bring the final Geulah Bimanabi Amenu. Amen Kenyi Natson. Wishing everybody a wonderful night. Well, that was deep. Yeah, you say that.